This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. There's a, an African kind of statement that I, I read one time, and it said this. Every morning, the gazelle wakes up knowing that it's got to run faster than the fastest lion in its region if it is to survive. And every morning, the lion wakes up knowing that it must run faster than the slowest gazelle in its region if it's going to survive. And the African proverb goes on to say, the principle is this, whether you are a gazelle or a lion, when you wake up, you better start running. (laughs) The Word of God challenges us to run the race that God has prepared for us to run. And the Apostle Paul says, run in such a way as to achieve victory with your life. I want you to turn with me today as we kick off this new year. I was praying about this message and I felt prompted to go to Hebrews chapter 12. And you know in, in the book of Hebrews, the chapter 11 is the great chapter. It talks about the heroes of the faith, the great men and women of God. Some of them, the most unlikely characters that you would ever put into that chapter of faith. But they were men and women who ran hard after God. And because they ran hard after God, they became a source of inspiration, not only in their generation, but for generations to come. And, and then the writer of Hebrews goes on to say in chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, note this, let us, that's something you need to circle and underline, let us, we're going to talk about who the us is, let us throw off, there's your first action, Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us, there we are again, run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And then notice over in verse 12, he says, Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled but rather healed. Do you realize that the the way you run your race has profound impact on other people. And and the Word of God is teaching us that we must run our race in such a way, as a result of that, we will create a pathway for others to come behind us that will find healing. And Celebration Church, I am convinced that God has ordained you to take point in running your race in such a way that it will result in healing of this nation. And we must assume the responsibility as followers of Jesus Christ 
to run with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind and all of our strength. We love him, and as a response to that love, our life is in a passionate pursuit of God and his will and his purposes for our lives. So how do we run this race? How do we run it in such a way that we can be victorious in our life and help bring healing to those around us? Well, we have all the tips and keys right here in the passage of Romans 12, 1 through 4. The first key is this. It's in verse 1. We are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And so here's the first point I would like to make. The keys to really running your race with perseverance is this. We must continually keep our focus up for inspiration. You cannot run effectively with your head down. You know, you're eventually not going to be effective and you will not be able to run the course exactly as you need to run it with your head down. All great runners run with their heads up. And we spiritually, every day, we have to press and persevere to get our focus off of our problems, off of our challenges, off of all the decay that we see around us. We must keep our eyes up spiritually to behold the inspiration of those who have run the race well before us. In my office, where I sit and study around my table, I've told you this before, I have a, a bookcase, and on the bookcase, I have my champions of the faith. The very top is my great-grandfather. He was a pastor in the 1800s. He ran his race well, and he finished his course. And, and he was like the Apostle Paul. I, I, I've run my race. I've kept the faith, and I've finished the course, and now there's a crown of righteousness waiting for me. And I look at him and draw inspiration from him every day. And below him is my, great, is my grandfather, who was my pastor. He ran his race well. Below him is a man by the name of Dr. Bill Bright. Dr. Bill Bright started Campus Crusade for Christ. They have led millions and millions of people to Jesus around the world. He was like the uh, apostle uh, Paul of our generation a great missionary to the world, and he is now in heaven. And I was at his deathbed, and on his deathbed, he said to me, and Dr. Maxwell and I were there, he was grasping for breath. He had to struggle to breathe, to breathe. And all he could talk about was, he said, men, you must fulfill the great commission. Run your race well. Wow. I walked away from him realizing there was a champion of the faith, and I look at him every day for my inspiration. And below him is a picture with me praying with Dr. Billy Graham. Dr. Billy Graham laid his hands on me in his home and prayed for me. And this precious man of God who is like the Peter of our generation, the great preacher of our generation, and I, pray, I asked him, I said, Dr. Graham, pray for me that I, that I will run the race well, that I, that I will be strong to the very end, that I will bring honor to God in my life because he has lived his life with such integrity. He has, he has run the race in such a way that, that he has created a pathway for others to follow God, to be inspired to follow God and to find healing and purpose in their life. Keep your eyes up. And oh, by the way, None of us would be here today if somebody had not been running the race well in front of us. 
See, because we run this race not only to bring honor to God, we run this race not only to experience the personal victory we have, but we run with purpose. And that purpose is to see transformation come to those that are behind us, that will see us run and will have inspiration. I love the Olympics. I used to run track. I know this body doesn't look like it now. I wish you could have seen me back about... um, 50-some years ago, I was good-looking. I had a good-looking body, and I could run. And when I was a boy, I ran everywhere. I never walked anywhere. I just ran everywhere. I was running. If you see somebody running, it was me. I'm running. I'm running. I'm running. And I, and I, I would run most of the time with no shoes on because, you know, I, I didn't want to wait to put shoes on. I want to get outside, feel that grass, and start running. I would chase animals around. I'm chasing people around. When I got older, I started chasing girls around. I just, you know, I, I'm just running. Boom, there he is. You know, oh, that's Tommy. Boom, there he is. That's Tommy. I'm just running. Now I think about running. <laughs> um, I love what the psalmist writes. I lift up my eyes unto the hills. It cometh my strength. You know, our strength is here. When we fix our gaze up, when we begin to look up and, then, and, and we begin to give, gain inspiration, then here's what I found. When we are inspired, we become a channel of inspiration for others. We need to run our race in such a way that people can tell we are passionate about the race. We are inspired in this race. I tell you, there's nothing worse than to run into people that are just so dull. They have no passion. They're just so, I'm just existing. Now listen, it's tough in Zimbabwe. There's no doubt about it. This is tough. What's happening in, in your country, it's tough. It's tough. But see, that's what makes you stand out. In the midst of the toughness, when everybody else is off on the side of the road panning, you're running. And they're going, what, what, what are you running for? Oh, man, I, I, I'm in the race of my life. What are you running for? Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited what God's doing in my life and, and what he's called me to, and I can't wait to get to it. And I'll tell you what, I, I just can't stay still. I, I'm like that little boy Tommy. He, he couldn't wait to get outside and start running. And, and most of the time, I didn't know where I was running to. I just wanted to run. I just run and I'd run. And I figure out, oh, let's run over here. Oh, let's run over there. So when I went to, to, to school, I immediately got into sports so I could run. And then we play American football, and I was a running back because I like to run. Give me the ball and let me run. And then I joined the track team because I wanted to run. Children of God, I got a simple message for you. You need to wake up every morning and say, man, I get the privilege to run for the kingdom of God today. I'm going to run hard today because I know if I run hard today, I'm going to position myself to experience the greatness of God. You know, there, there are endorphins that are released in your body when you run. It's good for you. You feel good after you run. You really do. I tried to run the other day. I got inspired. I wanted to run. So I went out and I started jogging. I could jog, but now I wanted to run. I wanted to sprint. 
And I had a guy in my church about a year or two ago challenge me to a race. And he's about 10 years younger than I am. Actually, no, he's 15 years younger than I am. And, and he was a big lineman in, in college. And he said, I can outrun you now, Pastor. And I said, no, you can't. And so we got a race scheduled. And, I, I, and we said, we're going to run 40 yards. And I got down. And I said, Lord Jesus, help me. <laughs> and, and they said, on your mark, get set, go. Boom. I busted out of there, tore out of there. And I actually barely beat him. And I was so thrilled. I crossed the line and beat him. Pulled muscles everywhere. <laughs> Couldn't walk for about a week. He wants a rematch. I said, never giving you a rematch. That's it, baby. <laughs> but we draw our inspiration from those who've gone before us. And here's the key. Our responsibility as we draw that inspiration is to become an inspiration for the next generation. So we must run our race in such a way to inspire those who come behind us. You know, the second principle they give us in here is, is when he goes on to say, now as you run this race, you must throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. In other words, if we're going to run with true endurance, if we're not just going to have a short sprint in our spiritual life, but we're going to run the marathon and run it well, we have to lighten up. We have to lighten up. You know, pastor's talking about the sword, this year, the year of the sword. Well, man, there's some things we need to cut off our life and lighten up. Some of us are carrying all kind of baggage around in our life, and we're trying to run, and we wonder why we're so exhausted and fatigued all the time. I'm just worn out and fatigued in my life. Well, what in the world are you carrying around that you shouldn't be carrying? And see, some of the things is, here's the one thing I know. There's nothing heavier than hidden sin. Hidden sin is horribly heavy. When you try to carry hidden sin in your life or unconfessed sin in your life, oh, it weighs you down. It locks you up. It restricts you. It's like running with weights on and carrying all these loads on and all this stuff we're carrying, all this baggage that we're carrying. God says, no, throw it off. In other words, confess it. You know, sin loses its power when you bring it into the light and confess it. Sin only has power over you when you keep it hidden in your life. But when you expose it, when you confess it, when you bring it into the light, it loses its power. And as long when we do that, suddenly we throw off the things that would entangle us. Some of us are so entangled by things of our past. We need a breakthrough during this time of prayer and fasting in the church that we just literally tear that thing off. We say, Father, take your sword and, and cut that thing off of my life so I'm free from that. I'm no longer defined by my past. My identity is in Christ Jesus. And I'm not limited by my past. I'm not defined by my past. And my past does not dictate my future. No, 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 no. The race that God's marked out for me dictates my future. My destiny waits on the path that God has ordained for me to run. 
So I'm going to throw off whatever I can. I'm going to get light. I don't know about you. When I'm running, man, I want to be as light as I can be. I want the lightest pair of shoes, the lightest pair of shorts, the lightest T-shirt I've got, and I don't want anything else to encumber me. Boom, there we go. And spiritually speaking, we've got to do that. My microphone. There we go. It was trying to come off. I got all excited. It got... Want to come? I need I need to lighten the load. I may have to take off my coat, take off a few other things. He says, if we confess our sins, in First John one nine, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. So I ask you the question: Is there anything in your life today that you simply need to confess unto the Lord and say, Father, forgive me and cleanse me? And I'm going to leave that sin at the foot of the cross, and I'm going to walk away from it. And there may be someone close to me that, that's in confidence that I can go and actually have them pray with me about that because as we confess our sins one to another, there is a power in that confession. And you find someone that, that loves you unconditionally, and, and, and sometimes it's good to tell them because they will pray for you, and, and they'll also help you be accountable about that. And they'll watch how you're running because suddenly, as soon as you drop that, as soon as you confess that, you're going you're to be a new spring in your step, man. You'd be, God, I kind of like that sound the mic made there. Didn't make it that way. Oh, it made it that way. I'm going to be running the aisles before this is over. Here's, here's the third thing I see. He says, now, Throw off everything that hinders and the soul sins and entangles. And he says, and run the race marked out for us. Now, I want you to know something. God has a race marked out for you. God has a calling on your life. God has a will and a purpose for you. He has a destiny waiting for you. And, and you need to discern the will of God as you pray, as Pastor was telling us and exhorting us. And as you do that, you'll find the path you are to run. I love this verse of Scripture. Found in uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 28. You have made known to me the path of life, and you will fill me with joy in your presence. Quoting from David. I think it was David in Psalm 16 wrote that. But, but you have revealed to me this path of life. So here's the key. Don't get distracted by somebody else's race or their path. And don't try to run somebody else's race or run in their path. Find the path that God has for you and run that race. Sometimes we're comparing ourselves to other people too much. And, and we're getting distracted. We need to get so focused and so secure in who we are in God and our identity in him and the gifts and the strengths he's given us. And to run at the pace and the race that God's called us to run. Now here's one thing I learned a long time ago. I can't run at the same pace that others can run. I can run faster than some can run, and I'm slower than others. But the key is find my rhythm, find my pace in my spiritual running, my race with the Lord, and run the race he's marked out for me. So I think it's important that we discover this and we simply stay the course. We get in there and we stay the course. Your pastor was called here 37 years ago, Pastor? 37 years ago, the course that God had for Pastor Tom and Bonnie was here in Zimbabwe. 
for 37 years, what have they done? They've stayed the course. They've run the race. They're still running. 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 Now, hey, don't you think as talented as your pastor is and Bonnie is, that there hasn't been all kind of opportunities for them to go run on other race courses or other pathways? Well, of course there have been. But he knew the path that God had ordained for them. And he said, I'm going to run on that path. Be careful what path you're running on. Make sure it's a God-ordained path. Because sometimes the enemy won't get us on another path that will lead us away from the will of God instead of in the center of the will of God. And by the way, you run, you run so strong when you're running in the will of God. That's why at 71, I'm running strong. Because I know I'm in the will of God. It's trying to be in the will of God, trying to honor God. And there's no place I'd rather be than right here with you this morning. And I feel his strength with me. I feel his presence with me. I feel his joy with me in, in running this race. But I tell you what my desire is, I want to finish strong. I want to finish strong. My wife said, you ever going to slow down? I said, no, baby, I'm not slowing down. Well, honey, you're traveling all the time around the world. You're doing all this. You're, my schedule this year is crazy where I'm going. But you know what? I said, baby, I'll slow down when Jesus calls me home because when I cross the finish line, I will collapse. Because my, my, my mission is I have no reserve, no reserve when I cross the finish line. I spend it all in the race. No regrets. I spend it all in the race. Amen? I, I want to run that way. I want to run that way. And, and God's wanting you to run that way. So some of you have been battling discouragement. Some of you have been battling a lot of distractions. Some of you have been struggling with, with just the challenges of life and the challenges of relationships. But get your head up. Look unto the Lord. Look for inspiration. I want to encourage you to lighten up. There are some things maybe you need to lighten up that are dragging you down and fatigue. The old saying is, will make cowards out of us all. God doesn't want you to be spiritually fatigued. He wants you to be spiritually refreshed. Lighten up. Get on that course and run hard. And then keep the right focus. It says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Keep the right focus. Keep our eyes on him. That's a spiritual perspective about our lives. As I said, I, I always want to find my identity in him. I want to find my purposes in him. I want to find everything in him. I find my strength in him. I find my encouragement in him. I want to keep looking to Jesus, the author of and the perfecter of my faith. And I love what Paul said. He that began a good work in you will carry it on to the day of completion. So you know what? I've got confidence in my God that he is going to help me finish the race he's called me to run. Because I don't have to run it in my strength. All I have to do is run in his strength, but I've got to run in the will that is submitted to God. As I'm submitted to the will of God and to the purposes of God, then I can run in the strength of God, the race he's marked out for me. And I know that my race will be run with purpose because it's going to impact lives who will come behind me. Zimbabwe Celebration Church, the way you run your race is going to impact this nation. It's going to impact this nation. We're believing for transformation of Zimbabwe. We're believing for it. So get ready. Lighten up. Get your heads up. Let's, let's, get, let's get fired up. And let's get ready to run this race this year like never before. Quickly, 
It says, consider him, it says in verse three, who endured such opposition. Here's the next point I wanna bring to you. Run through the pain. Run through the pain. Sometimes when we get hurt, we stop running. But in reality, we've got to learn to run through the pain. I tell you, I have some friends that have run marathons. I've never run a marathon. The farthest I've ever run at one time nonstop was 13 miles. I've run 10 miles a bunch of times. I, ran a, I wanted to run like a half marathon, 13 miles. And so there is pain that hits you at all levels. And you've got to learn to run through that pain. Here's one thing I've noticed about pain. God will never waste pain in your life, by the way. And, and, I, and, and I love this, uh, this passage of Scripture. Romans 8, 28 is like one of my life verses. And, 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 and it's simply that I, I believe that God works together all things for my good because I'm called according to his purpose. So all things are working together for my good, even the hard things, the painful things, the disappointing things, the discouraging things in my life. If I submit them to God and I just keep on running, guess what? He'll work that out for my ultimate good. And I made a little note about pain. Pain forces us to get real with God. Have you noticed that? When you're in, when you're in enough pain, you're going to get real. There's no facades anymore. There, there's no more of this uh, uh, playing this part. Uh, no more. There's no more just having the, the, the right church language. And, and uh, no, no, no. When there's enough pain, it will drive you to get real with God. You talk about your prayer life, man, when you get enough pain, you'll start praying like you've never prayed before. I promise you that. And I, I love this verse in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. God is faithful. He will not let you be tested beyond your strength, but with the testing he will also provide a way out so that you may be able to endure it. When I was a, a, a player and I went to the college level, I had no idea how far the coaches were going to push us in our training. They pushed us beyond the point of exhaustion. They pushed us to the point that I didn't think I could barely breathe they pushed us to a point that I could not even keep down the food I'd eaten the day before. They pushed us to a point that we were dehydrated. And I literally, my body was screaming out, you're going to kill me, you're going to kill me, you cannot endure this. And many players quit, literally stopped and walked off the field. But there was something in me kept driving me, kept driving me. One day, at the end of a practice, I was so exhausted, and I didn't know what I was going to do, and the coach blows the whistle and says, we're going to line up and run sprints about the distance from all the way across this, the front of the auditorium here, and we're going to run like 10 to 15 of those. Now, I, I can barely walk. My body is trembling. I'm so sick. I'm so dehydrated. My head is bursting, and he says, we're going to line up and run. Let's go. Run. And I'm going, I can't hardly walk. How am I going to run? A great thing happened right then. An upperclassman, he was a senior All-American football player. 
That's one of the highest rankings of, of quality, being in, uh, at our place called an all-star. He was an all-star. He came up beside me. He didn't even know my name, and he said to me, he called me Rookie. He said, hey, Rookie. That's a name we use for people that are, that are young, that are first-year players. They're called rookies. He said, hey, Rookie. He said, run with me. Wow, when he said that, it, it kind of gave me renewed strength. And so I kind of got down beside him, and as he took off, I just ran right alongside of him. And you know, there's a principle called drafting, where you literally can, you can, you can draft off someone. They actually, they actually help you, pull you along. And I got down, and his momentum of running, I drafted off of, and I got in a rhythm with him, and he carried me through that practice. Do you know where I lined up every day in practice after that? Right beside that man. His name was Charlie Pell. I got right beside Charlie because Charlie got me through that practice, and I realized he got me through. Now, when I, when I graduated, I became a coach. I became the coach. And I realized what my coach was doing. He knew my limits better than I knew my limits. And you know what? I would have quit because I thought my limit was here dealing with pain. But see, the coach said, no, 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 your limit's not here. It's here. And the difference between here and there, I'm going to do a great work in you. It's called conditioning. You're going to be conditioned for the greater things I have for you when the real struggles come. God never will waste your pain. Here's another thing I said. Pain refines us. Isn't it amazing? What's the scripture say? And in this greatly rejoice, though for a little while you will have to suffer grief and all kinds of, of trials. These have come so that your faith may be what? Proven genuine and may result in, 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 in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. That's in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. He refines us. And you know, here's the third thing I know about pain I've experienced in my life. Pain gives birth to greater compassion. When you've experienced pain in an area, you suddenly have greater compassion for those that are going through similar kinds of pain in their life. When you've had the pain of a loss of a child, only someone who's lost a child understands that pain. And the Bible says we are to comfort one another with the comfort that we have received from him. So run through the pain. God is going to refine you. God is going to help you get real with him. And God is going to give birth to a new level of compassion in your life that will help you love people like you've never loved them before. And when people know you love them, unconditionally, you immediately earn trust with them. And when you earn trust with them, you gain influence with them. When you gain influence with them, it opens the door for you to share the glorious truth of Christ with them. And you begin to model and run. And you say to them, like Charlie said to me, hey, why don't you come and run with me? Come and run with me. And if you notice in, in verse 1 and again in verse 2, there's a phrase, let us. Let us run. Let us throw off. Let us. I love the let us because the writer of Hebrews understands you were never called to run your race alone. We were called to run as a team. 
I love the opening scene of Chariots of Fire. How many of you have seen the movie Chariots of Fire? At least two. Okay, good. (laughs) It's a scene of these Olympians who are preparing for the Olympics in, in Paris back in 1924, I think it was, 1924 Olympics, and they're running as a team along the ocean on the sand, and it opens up when they're running. And one thing I found that when you run with other runners, you gain inspiration from other runners. And you know it's amazing how you can run farther when you run with someone else than you can by running by yourself? Oh, yeah. I went off running one day with my my brother-in-law many years ago, and uh, he said, let's just go out for a little run. I said, how far are we going to run? He said, oh, we'll run a mile or so. And I said, okay, I, I can do that. Boom, we're out there running, 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 we're running, we're running. Well, I got a little fatigued. I got a little fatigued, but I wasn't about to stop with my brother-in-law running. I wasn't, I'm too competitive. I'm not going to let him. I'm not going to stop because I'm getting tired. So I kind of got in behind him, and, and I'm kind of running in his rhythm again, drafting off him again. And then we go up and we round, boom, boom, boom. Then we turn around, and then I see the home stretch. And about at the back of the church here. And I said, all right, I've been running all this time. Now, baby, here we're going. We're going to run now. I kicked it in gear. I, I moved out around him. I, I, I downshifted. I kicked another gear, and I sprinted to the end and beat him at the end. I was so happy in myself. I said, Ron, how far did we run? He said, we just ran five miles. I said, you've got to be kidding me. At that point, I'd never run five miles in my life. It took me to a whole new level because I ran with a runner who was used to running at, at five miles. See, that's what's great about the church. We got people in here that are great sprinters. We got people in here that are great marathoners. We got people here that have run five miles, 10 miles, 20 miles. You got some here run 100 miles. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? You want to line up with them because they're going to help you run to the next level. Amen. The Apostle Paul says this to the church at Ephesus. He says in Ephesians chapter 1, I believe it's around verse 23. He said, listen, the church is to be central to your life, and the world is to be peripheral out here. Most people live with the world central and the church peripheral. But not us. No, 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 no. The church is central. It's central in my life, central in my relationship, central in my growth, central in everything I do, central in my purpose because it's here where I team up and I run with God's team. This is where my life is different. This is where it will carry me to a whole new level. I'll tell you one thing. I didn't get here running by myself. I've been running with great men and women of God around the world. And we're running together, Zimbabwe. And as we run together, we're going to create a a movement of people that want to join and run with us. And pretty soon, we're going to start running through this region like never before. And suddenly, you're going to see these masses of people running. Where are they running? I don't know, but man, they look like they're having a great time. Let's go check it out and run with them. I don't know about you, but I, I would love to see us all just tear off running through here somewhere in a parking lot and start running downtown. I'm talking about spiritually running. I don't know that I can run off the platform right now. But when we run together, we make a difference.
I, I'm, I love the Olympics. I love to watch the Olympics. And, uh, and, and back in 1968, many of you were not even born yet in 1968. 1968, I graduated from college. And I just finished my, my, my football playing career, and I went into coaching in 1968. The Olympics were held in Mexico City in 1968. And there was a marathon event. 75 people entered the event and started at the starting line of the 1968 Olympic marathon race in Mexico City. 75 started. 57 finished. Now, I cannot tell you who won that race. But I can tell you who the number 57th runner was. The last guy who finished the race. Many dropped out. 57 finished. 75 started. I can't tell you who won, but I know who finished last. His name was John Stephen Aquari from Tanzania. While he was running the race, he started cramping up early because he was not used to the altitude of Mexico City. He had not trained at that altitude. And that affected him. And, and suddenly th th there was such a, a buildup of lactic acid in his body and all the things. And he, he couldn't, he, he had not hydrated properly. And so his muscles began to cramp. It began to affect how he could run. And it was really crippling him as he'd run. But he kept running through that pain, running through that pain. And then... They came around a tight turn, and when they did, there, there, someone got tripped, someone fell. Next thing you know, John Stephen Aquari was caught up in that and thrown violently to the ground. He hit his knee first, dislocating his knee, and then fell hard on his shoulder, bruising his shoulder and his arm. Many of the runners were carried off the course. They came to attend to John Stephen Aquari. He's laying there with a dislocated knee and a badly bruised shoulder. And they were going to help him off the course. He said, no, 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 no. I, I've got to finish the race. I've got to finish the race. They helped him up to his feet. He's trying to somehow pressure and get his knee that had been dislocated back somehow functioning and so he started running dragging that leg and he's and he's trying to run and trying he's only walking now with that leg and he's bruised the runners run the marathon they finish I think the winning time that year was like in two hours and 20 minutes in a few seconds exactly one hour and five minutes later when all the runners had finished, all 56 of the 57 who finished, they had already finished and were gone out of the stadium. The fans left the stadium. There were only a handful of fans left in the stadium. Here comes John Stephen Aquari. Into the stadium. He makes his final lap. And as he makes his final lap, the few that were there begin to cheer. 
The next thing you know, people were calling because most of the, of, of, of the cameras and everything, they had already moved to other venues. The word got out what was going on. People were rushing back to try to capture this. And they got back at the final moment as he, as he came to the finish line and collapsed and fell over the finish line. Later they asked him, when the press gathered around him, why in the world would you have tried to run and finish this race when you were injured so severely and you knew you didn't have a chance to win. Why did you run? And he said something that stuck with me. He said, the people of Tanzania did not send me 5,000 miles to start the race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. I don't know what condition you're in today, and you may be laying in a pile up on the side of the road, but I'm going to tell you something. You need to get up, and you need to let the inspiration of God inspire you. You need to lighten your load. You need to get up and just get running through that pain. Find somebody else that can inspire you because along the journey, when people saw what was going on, they got this massive group started going alongside of him, just outside of the track where he was running. They were there cheering him on and inspiring him. You need to get around people that will inspire you to run. And he ran through that pain and he crossed that finish line. Because in the end, that's all that's going to matter to any of us, Amen. Because one day I want to hear those words when we cross that finish line. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Celebration Church, we haven't been called to just start the race. We've been called to finish the race. Amen. Father, I pray that you will help us to run the race you have marked out for us this year. I pray, Father, that we would gain inspiration as we look to those who have run before us, as we look to those that are running alongside of us, as we look to our leaders who are running the race with faithfulness, with perseverance, with integrity. And, Father, that we would begin to run this race. Some of us have been injured and we've been laying on the sideline. We need to get up today and just start struggling and pressing through, knowing that you'll help us cross the finish line the race that you've marked out for us because through our running, we will inspire others to run. Through our running, we will create a pathway for others to find healing. Through our running, others will discover the purpose behind our running and be drawn to the Jesus Christ who is the difference, who has transformed our lives, that they might experience transformation. And eventually the nation will experience transformation. And suddenly all these people are running passionately after the things of God that will create a movement of runners pursuing God. So Lord, I pray your blessing over Celebration Church. I pray your anointing over Celebration Church. I pray God your inspiration to flow in and through Celebration Church that they will take up the torch and they will run as a torchbearer sharing the light of Christ. They will be the salt of the earth that brings the God flavor out in those they touch. 
Father, I pray that you will truly encourage and strengthen our hearts to run the race so that one day we can say to our children, to our grandchildren, to our church family, and to those who are coming behind us, I've run my race. I kept the faith and I finished the course. And now there is a crown of righteousness awaiting me, but not only me, but all who will choose to take up and run the race with Christ. Celebration Church, run well, run well, run well. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.